podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. On the Front Burner puts two no-nonsense culinary professionals on air discussing tough industry topics, interviewing fascinating food personalities, and providing penetrating looks at the industry that we love. We don't always agree and often provide compelling personal insights from a unique combination of life experiences. You know, it's a lively give and take. It's by no means conventional. Elaine owns Sweet Cheeks Baking Company and is a winner of the Food Network's Cupcake Wars and Fabulous Cakes. A seasoned industry professional, she is a cake designer and a certified sommelier. Don is a chef, an award-winning journalist, and a culinary educator. Together we take a not-always-pretty, sometimes-funny, and always-entertaining look at the world of food and beverage. We're back for... Part two of On the Front Burner, and we're talking about sushi, and it's all about the rice. And our guest today is Jeff Roberto, master sushi chef in San Diego. Elaine, how are you doing? I am doing great, Don. How are you? I'm really good. And Jeff, how good. about you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Yay, Definitely Jeff. Nice to see yeah, both we're of glad you. to have you. You too. You know, last segment, and if you want to hear it, you'll have to go back. It's easily accessible. Um, we talked a little bit about the history of sushi and about what's going on. But, Jeff, we want to talk about you now. We know <laughs> that you um, came up through the ranks working with sushi. And I think where we left off was about the time that you started Sushi on a Roll. Tell us about Sushi on a Roll, what it was, how it started, what it did. Right, And right. we'll move from there. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was actually uh, uh, one of my clients at the sushi bar that I worked with, Yakitori 2, he came up to me, you know, after from 87 to 93, he asked me to build a sushi bar for him. And I wasn't ready yet. I knew how to make sushi. I didn't know I didn't know the business side at all. And right. so I didn't want to take his $250,000 and try to create something. So long story short, we end up doing, my buddy and I, Michael, we just created this uh, proposal of uh, this how-to uh, or catering sushi. Mm-hmm. So we gave this to him. We said, you know what? We, we, like, we like the offer. We like, want to do a sushi bar for you, but we're not ready. So but here's this proposal on this catering sushi what do you think you know and he read it and you know businessman that's he's my mentor and uh he loved the idea and he just really just gave us the blessing and after that we, we started and we just went gangbusters and so we started he gave us a spot in one of his galleys uh at seaforth and we were there maybe six months and we started getting all these hotel clients all the chefs so we had to get our own place that's great. And so we found a place on Park, which is, uh, I think, Twig's Bakery at this point. And uh, we found that spot. And uh, coincidentally, Mike, Michael and I found it separately together, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And we were both in that same, almost at the same time. Wow. And so we, yeah, we didn't, it took Sarah five minutes. Dippity. Very much meant so. To, I love meant to be Yeah. Stuff. So we yeah. took it over, a little 600 square foot spot with a little four burner stove and a small hood. And So you weren't open to retail. You right. Just no. That, yeah. So my whole market was definitely just to cater events. Yeah. And so what ended up happening even prior to that, um, at Yakatori in Point Loma, which is Phil's Barbecue now, um, uh, a lot of fundraiser uh, events I would do in Point Loma because all of them wanted – they're like, hey, come to my house and do sushi. I'm like, what? Hmm. Like, oh, yeah, you take this and bring it to my house. I'm like, huh? I'll pay you 500 bucks. Oh, I'll figure this out. <laughs> 500 bucks, right? I'll find a so, way. So then I would go to one uh, fundraiser and then I'd see you and he's like, hey, I got a fundraiser at my house next week. I'll go there. See Don at his another event. And so he just kept building. And But I had to leave the restaurants because it was always a Friday and Saturday night. Right, of course. 
So I had to give that up, and because I couldn't get, I couldn't close the deal and say, okay, I'll be there Friday. I had to make sure I covered my shift. Right. So I ended up leaving the restaurant, and I started this company, and uh, it was just gangbusters after we hit the chefs, and uh, yeah. So it was Chef de Cuisine is what ended up starting my whole my whole career with the catering side, because all these chefs were like, hey, Jeff's using doing sushi now, and so everybody wanted it, and so Chef Jerry Dollar at one point when that Sea World was still owned by Anheuser Busch. So they had a, the Japanese group there, and we did like 700 pieces of sushi. Oh and I'm God. like, yeah, I'm like, how do you – there's yeah, no a- way you can do 700 pieces of sushi. How do you do 700 pieces of sushi? Right. There's no way. So at that time, we had these small rice cookers. There was nothing big for the residential. And it took nine batches of these 10 cuppers to make oh 900 pieces of sushi, right? Yeah. We kind of did it, and the rice was kind of inconsistent and all that. And so Chef Jerry told me this, and – um I, I I was like, oh, I was I was so heartbroken. Like, I'm never going to serve a friend, you know, bad rice anymore. So I kind of perfected the rice after yeah. that point. And um, that's what it's all about because, again, this whole deal is all about the rice. All so it's got to be perfect, rice. you know. All and about uh, the rice. So doing that. So now we've done actually up to 43,000 pieces of sushi in one day. What? <laughs> Say that again. 43,000 pieces of sushi in one day for Qualcomm Corporate, their oh, 25th anniversary. Oh, my gosh. We catered for 16,000 people. We did 43,000 pieces. How of many of you day. did that? So we did 29 sushi chefs. Oh we gosh. had uh, we did over 4,000 rolls. And then the nigiri, we did over 16,000 nigiri <gasps> all in one day. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Crazy. How did you keep up with the rice? Did you <laughs> make it all that secrets. day or not? Oh, Thank yeah, I know. Sorry, secrets. trade secrets. So That's here we impressive, go. Jeff. So That's it's impressive. it's a it's a cooler. It's a rice cooler that cools our rice. So what happens is you got to cook the rice. So you wash the rice right ten minutes is what we do. Ten minutes of washing, cook it for twenty five, and it steams for twenty five. So one hour in the rice pot. <laughs> then it takes an hour. Fifty cups takes about an hour to cool, right? Because you don't want it too hot, and it'll right. cook your fish, right? right? So it takes about an hour to cool. Traditionally, is how you do it, right? Air cool is the best, right? Instead of a fan and all right. that. Stuff. So the Japanese at the time. So what happens is the Japanese vendor they see how much rice I'm buying, and that tells them the whole story. Right, not how much tuna, not how much eel, or how much shrimp. Interesting. It's how much rice. So he goes, "We have this rice cooling machine from Japan that I you need to look at." You know, like this was like I don't know, eighteen years ago, like sixteen thousand dollars. My okay, let's see. This cools it in seven minutes. Oh my wow! Gosh. I need this machine, right? So yeah. when I bought my place in in Barrio Logan. Uh, I put that in the budget, and we started doing rice in to. seven minutes. Oh, my gosh. You wow. do it so an hour and seven minutes versus two hours. Tell us about that place in Barrio Logan because I love oh that place. Yeah, that was a cool place. So before even getting that, so I built Junior Seau Sushi Bar back in 99. Uh-huh. And so my architect there happened to buy this building in Barrio Logan. So I got in that same spot, and uh, we got a big old you know, 3,400-square-foot spot, big old private sushi bar. Uh, it was it was we were there sixteen years. We had our own parking lot. We had it was the best of the best, but it wasn't uh, a restaurant. So it was just, nice. yeah. yeah, and it was just events, and, and a lot of people have been there, and it's kind of amazing. Um, that's where we do all our production. We had a big enough space. We had almost nineteen hundred square foot of just production space to do it, and our kitchen was like six seven hundred square feet. If we and we only cooked rice and washed dishes in there, but it was big enough to kind of do whatever we wanted, right? And so we do events in there. Yeah, it was interesting. Where the idea of classes come from when did you start that well it kind of like um just for friends they all want to do classes and what happened there so then the prado started doing it because they had a, a oh, the food and wine school up school up, yeah we upstairs. used to teach so we, we started doing that there. yeah so it was fun there was like five yeah. of us that would do it per month and we do two or three classes each month and then when the economy kind of took that away um yeah. i i had this momentum of these sushi classes but and then I didn't have the momentum of the events anymore, right? right? The catering, the convention center. No one was calling because no one was coming to San Diego. Right. So I had to figure this out. So I had to go privately, right? So I went to the classes. So then 
I went to like, uh, so we used to do happy hours at our spot and then Groupon happened to be there and they're like, hey, we need you this, this and this. And they wouldn't give me my uh, better than a 50-50 deal. And so I'm like, I, I can't do 50% with my food. Right. And so um, I, I want to go as high as 65 if I can. And what ended up happening, there was a living social rep in the mix at the, that day. Cause, oh, living social. So, yeah, yeah, so I one, yeah. turned Groupon down. And then the next day, living social rep came back and said, hey, I was here last night. heard your story. I give you 65. And so we went with living social. So that when we finally went, went on air, when it went live, we sold like, I don't know, almost 500, 400 tickets, something big in three days, right? And That's they great. were pretty, yeah, it was the first sushi class on Living Social, their adventure site and all that. So then Groupon saw that and all the other local discounted. Uh, so then Groupon. how many actual classes did that force you to host? So then, <laughs> well, that one, that's a lot of people. Obviously. Yeah. So, uh, we did like six classes, like in three months. So two, 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 right? Uh, but so now within the nine months, so with all of those other Groupons kind of calling us, we end up seeing 2,000 people in wow. nine months. Wow. So they sold it at 90, 90, people per class and that's why i always survived 2009 2010 with all this yeah you know you stuff. have to figure yeah. out what'll survive it's yeah. what'll do it it's amazing and that's what keeps you right as a business person versus someone to. who's yeah. just a chef and right. it keeps you alive yeah your model has got to change obviously yeah. with the times and um yeah definitely flexible but i think that's what it is i didn't have the restaurant where i was able to to even do the classes totally shut down and just do classes versus yeah. you shut down your restaurant and try to do what i did right of it's course. kind of difficult but um yeah i think that was the advantage and i think still the advantage where i can actually be here doing this podcast uh not having right. the restaurant because it's like right uh, you don't you know, have I set open hours. In an hour right right right, right. You know? same with us it's mm-hmm. just so much easier that yeah. way exactly. and you exactly. know what you got to do so when you talk about change yeah, I want to hear about the evolution did. now. He's got. How do you mm. go from where you were, sushi okay. on a roll, on mm. national, <laughs> to where you are now? And tell oh us about gosh. that because that's it's... an amazing story. <laughs> and that was never in the plan. I think it just kind of comes there, right? I think, and I think what happened to and, and getting back to when I first started doing sushi, um, even like in '91. So I started '87 and '91. Fish market had a spot for me, and I wanted more money. I I, I, I thought it was good. I knew I was good. I had these kind of just very confidence in doing food because I would a lot of my customers like what I did. So then I kind of kind of went for it. I wanted more money at fish market and they gave it to me. Right. And so I was like a Japanese chef, right. After going back a little bit, he did a, he tested me. He came in the restaurant and unbeknownst to me, it was a total test. He ordered all this stuff in Japanese and I, I passed the whole thing and he got to give me what I wanted. And so that's when I knew. So then a lot of these Japanese vendors and all that um, started hiring me in chefs. I was working at four sushi bars at one time oh my goodness. back in the nineties. Cause there was, I was the only guy that wanted to kind of, kind of learn more and kind of be it. And, and then I, that respect with the Japanese chefs owners would hire me. I, I thought that was pretty cool. So then now with this market, it was a Japanese owner I've known for 15 years and never in the plan. But, you mean uh, Kyoto market? Kyoto market, yeah. Which is was a Japanese grocery store and gift shop. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's two of them. But with the one in National City where I kind of grew up in too, went to Benita down there. And um, I just went there one day. Just I just go talk to Masa and just kind of see how he's doing, you know, just like a friend and kind of – you know, I've been going there 15 years, and you know, went there during his mom's and, and pop's passing away too. And uh, he said, "I want to retire." I'm like, all right, yeah, I want to sell the shop. All right, but I want to sell it to you. Oh, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> no, like, okay, give me a number. Well, you told me it's really big. Physically. It's not. It's uh, 1500. It was kind of oh, it's smaller, not big. Right, right? Oh, it's oh okay. okay. For some reason, of... I was picturing we some huge took place next door. Yeah, and um, but uh, the Jimbo's is the big one. But wow. uh, um. 
Uh, so we took that over. He, I mean, he gave me a good number and the, and the team went down in five minutes and I called a couple of buddies up really to just get them there. They got a big family just for the, as a cashier, right? Their nephews and nieces. And he said that he was available. He's going to sell his, uh, get rid of his photography studio and all that. And, uh, I'm like, what does that mean? And so we kind of talked a little bit and he saw the store four days before I was signing the final papers and his brother who came in as our third partner saw the place in two days before we were going to sign. And just because of my word and kind of what I've done over the years with sushi sure. and now they're my partners and roddy reggie regala to kind of put it all together yeah it's pretty yeah. cool so so That's tell wonderful. me about the store about the clientele oh about what you're doing the there store, yeah so it's kind of interesting and it's more not my store the mama's sons like we call them, right the elders they kind of run the store for us they kind of tell us how to run it right because it's it's what they they grew up with it's what they so know it's basically the same that part of it is the same everything as it used is to the be. same the name's okay. the same everything's okay. the same so that was my deal when i bought it from masa if, if i could use keep the name and that was my my biggest deal to keep it because i didn't want to sure. change even if you put nordstrom on it you probably wouldn't get the same clientele i mean right. it had to be the same name right and nothing change right so um and that's what we wanted to do and kind of create it that way and so you get a lot of these every every week they're coming in because that's all they shop for they don't go to the costcos and trader joe's right they, they already know their products they've been right. doing it for years now they got their great grandkids showing up and doing the same thing so and there's a lot of japanese community within the national city chula vista bonita area it's kind of amazing mm. and you don't see it they say they don't really they don't really kind of huddle up against each other like a lot of cultures do they just kind of right. spread themselves out but i think because of the farms back then and then there's also like a Tachi and Sanyo back in San Ysidro back in the days. So. Oh, some of the old big businesses. Right, right, right. And the so, fishing and probably the fishing very much brought so. some of them over Yeah, here. I was really surprised because yeah. I've been there in the store and I've just watched all of these Japanese yeah. folks coming in buying stuff. And I said, where are they coming exactly. from? Exactly. It's amazing. Huh? Mm-hmm. And you really don't see them. You don't see them on the streets or anything like that. You just kinda, they kind of just do their own thing. And they come in once a week. And we got one in particular. She Every Thursday, she buys at least 40 apples from us, these gigantic Fuji apples. Yeah. We, we get them here at specialty every now and then. And uh, she buys 40. She gives them away as gifts. And she, every Thursday, she comes in and, and she spends. She kind of she looks at Yeah, she just keeps spending money. She, wants to, she has a budget in her head, right? And she wants to subtotal oh, i'll be back she gets more stuff oh, yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah. and uh yeah. yeah they're all you know it's kind of a neighborhood store definitely yeah. and it's kind of interesting and you're doing works. sushi and we're doing sushi uh, at a little deli there so we do the sushi on roll out of that too a little small 1500 cool. square foot we close at six so then my my crew comes in there at you know 6 30 ish or whatever i got the same crew i got dave and dan and all these guys and uh yeah it's interesting so we sued the, the parties the comic-con we did one for 900 out of that place and you know we've done uh, it's crazy we've done mother's day we've probably done like nine thousand pieces out of that spot but yeah people think it's wow. like well you well, how, how big a spot do you need to do nine thousand it's like once you're at your cutting board right you're not really moving anywhere right it's just kind of now where we stash it is the key so and then we picked up next door was your yoga joint and we picked that up next door for events and classes and all that and then we got a big old tall boy that's restore a lot of our extra stuff for the next day that we need yeah. but um yeah it's it's interesting. So my buddy Masa, he gave me everything. The refrigerator, it's all set up. I and mean, we paid zero dollars for a remodel. Uh, it just kind of just you. took over. The little return key. He took his knives. His wife took a couple of small rice cookers. We gave him some sake to go and he left everything. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, I think so much of, uh, to me, I feel like so much of success, and it depends on what your level of success or desire is, but right. it is stemming from A, your contacts, you know, being true. Right, You're such right, a sincere right. person, and I'm sure he trusted you, and he knew you weren't going to mess with what he had built. Right, right. And, you know, obviously he adores you as a human, and he wanted you there. That's not something—you don't just give things yeah, to know. somebody unless they truly believe in you. Right. 
I mean, I applaud you for that. That's wonderful. And the fact that, you know, same thing when I opened my first restaurant years ago in Colorado, it was a, it was a going concern and we didn't have much money. So any of the work we did, we're doing, you know, and here you have, we've had the conversation on some of our other podcasts of people investing five, six million dollars in a new project. And I just think, when is that money coming back? And we don't even need to get get into that again, but regardless, I'm so impressed by you and I'm so impressed by your being able to, to do that and make this already successful. And I'm super excited to come see (laughs) the new space. It's so neat. And you kind of just breeze past. You took over yoga place next door. (laughs) Let's talk about that and what your vision is for that and what's getting ready to happen there. So definitely classes. We're still working on the beer and wine license there, but we want to do classes. Like at at my other place, you know, we had the big sushi bar out there, the big round sushi bar. We still want to do classes. I still like doing the private stuff, right? Whether it's 10 people or 50 people. It's just fun. I think it's education about food and getting to know where the fish comes from. And, you know, I get fish from Japan now, which is amazing. And it's a... I think it's just something that's very different to a lot of people because they're like, how can we not turn this in a restaurant and make millions, right? I'm like, but it's not about that. It's about just doing something right. to, to educate people and kind of have some fun and, and see where it goes. You know, that's, And when that's you talk about the fish, I got to stop for a minute and tell anybody, <laughs> if you ever hear that Jeff is filleting a tuna somewhere for a demo, yeah, go, go there and see it. It is like ballet with the sushi knife. <laughs> I have watched Thank this you. guy just take a huge tuna and just carve it up into sashimi for folks, and it looks like he's dancing. It's yeah. the most amazing and thing not, I've ever seen. And it's not seen. an easy thing to do gracefully. Mm-mm. The suckers are very heavy. <laughs> yeah, they're And slippery yeah. little stinkers. Yeah, oh, my goodness, yeah. And yeah. messy. And <laughs> yeah. not I think that's a fun part of it. You it is, a messy, it right? is yeah. but yeah. having done messy, it, and I'm yeah. sure that I was a moron compared to what I would love to watch you do that one of these <laughs> Yeah, anytime. <laughs> and, Jeff, and that's not even the big news. Let's talk about the big oh news, my gosh. what you got going. <laughs> we got a couple of big news, but Jimbo's is one, right? I think that's the one you're kind of talking mm-hmm. about. And so we picked that up. Uh, we got that just through doing what we do. And what does that through, mean you got that? You picked it up? Uh, as it counts. We do sushi for Jimbo. So it's our 100% organic sushi. And so we're the with only, brown rice even, right? brown rice right? even, yeah. So we're the only, we're only the one that's doing the 100% organic right. sushi in, in town right now. how many Jimbo's are you? So we got five locations. So we're doing Fantastic. over 200 rolls for them every day. And that's then great. like Wednesday's almost three. 300, but they're opening a gigantic store. Like I tell people, it's like a size of a oh, football are they? field. I love Jimbo's. Yeah, Carmel Valley. And so when that cool. opens up, they're putting a sushi counter for us. And wow. we got a buddy, Paul, over there. So it's like a Jimbo's who I haven't met yet. There's his uh, number two, Justin, and then Paul, who we deal with, and just gave us a really good, just opened up the doors. He heard about us through, uh, through Specialty, Catalina, and then uh, some of these other guys, and I think that's all it is. You build these relationships, and yeah. it just kind of comes back. But um, it's interesting on how all it works. So it's just amazing. So they're building a whole sushi counter for us, and all that, and just building it. And we're just coming in there, just doing sushi. It's kind of kind of interesting on how it all kind of works. And they're going to have seven stores eventually, and uh, and it's amazing. But the biggest one that uh, I probably told Don a little bit, we're going to do a sushi fest in October. We're going to oh, do 100,000 pieces in two days down at the Dana. So we're kind of working on oh, that I right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want to do a whole sushi Japanese festival and kind of start it off. And then every year there'll be a sushi fest, but not a sushi marathon. So I want to do 100,000 pieces. Who uh, Sam, the cooking guy, is kind of, kind of challenging me on this because I told him I'd do 50. And he says, well, you've done 50. Let's do 100, right? Oh, my gosh. So let's, let's do 100,000 pieces. So I got my guys already prepped for all this. But, you know, we in this industry, you work 48 hours. There's a lot of us that work 48 hours because we're just doing food and there's no sleep and you just got to get it out, right? Right. So not to say it's easy, but, you know, you just got to do it. So let's have some fun and, and just throw a big party is what I want to yeah. do. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have a How date cool. on that yet? October, I think it's the 27th. It's a Saturday and Sunday. 
Cool. So we're trying to get the charities involved. We're trying to get sponsors and trying to get uh, um, just everybody. Just want to put San Diego on the map. And I want to bring all the chefs and yeah. you, Elaine and Don, and, and just get everybody in there, right? Just to kind of just show what, what everyone does in San Diego. And I kind of participate and kind of just get all my friends out there and, again, just have a big party with For sure. Everybody. And if you need help, please let Thank me know. Thank you. Thank you. I would <laughs> absolutely help you. And, and I'm sure that I have a couple people who work for me who would oh, also help you. I love you. it. I love yeah, it. Honestly, and if you need some help, let me yeah. know. I can see I think that's can what I love about this industry. And it's, it's, yeah. it's because of everyone. Everyone, like uh, everyone in the in the chef world, helps each other out. It's, it's and we'll definitely promote it for you. Thank you. I mean, that's you. a no brainer. Yeah, you know, collaborating is where it's at right now. It's like I tell my guys, like you only have to do half the work. You may not get ha- all the money, but they it's just so much more fun with someone else there too. Let's yeah. just rock and roll. And not everybody wants sushi the whole meal, right? Let's right. let's do some really amazing food otherwise too, and have oh, some cool. fun. You know, yeah, love it. Yeah, so um, you got all that going, and that's great. What do you want to do? What do you want this all to be and do for Ooh, you? You've been good, doing it for a, a long time question. now. You know, it's kind of like uh, until I until I'm until it's not fun. Yeah. Then I'll figure that out. Um, I would say, you know, I went to Cheryl definitely thirty years. We're at twenty six right now, and then kind of figure out from there. I got my daughter when she's eighteen. I think that'll, I think that'll dictate a lot for me. Yeah. That's what I want to do. It kind of. And that's why the store happened. It's kind of like we kind of not necessarily downsized, but it's a it's a better rent and um, can have a little more fun. It's closer to the house, and and let's see where that goes. But um, yeah, I think it's if, if sushi the sushi world still, <laughs> still goes strong. I mean the poke bowls. I mean it's amazing. There's the poke bowl. A lot of this. I think sushi will never go away. You know, especially here in the West Coast. I mean, as right. long as there's fish, it's Wrong it's always going to be. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be there because everyone's going to want it. The poke bowls are another amazing thing that a lot of people like, and um, I think that's where it's at. It's just kind of changing, just reinventing yourself, right. you know, and kind of just doing something a little bit, a little bit easier, a little bit fun. And uh, as long as my guys are up to it and we're rocking and roll, having a great know? team, yeah. so important. Very much so. Well, I think this has been awesome. It's been great. Jeff, we want to thank you for oh, coming. No, thank you. Yeah. Both of you. So nice yeah. to see you. And yeah. I'm super excited to hear about all the stuff you're doing. <laughs> That's great, yeah. right? It's inspiring to me, to be honest. No, I, thank you. It's, it's no, going to kick my own butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are inspiring, too. I mean, I got to keep up with you guys, too. Oh, right. It's what it is. You know, we all do it together. <laughs> We've made a great connection with Jeff today, and we want to connect with you. We would love to hear your comments, your suggestions. And your questions. Listen to us on iTunes or on the Specialty Produce Network, SoundClouds, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or go to the Chefs de Cuisine Association of San Diego website, sdchefs.org, and click on On the Front Burner. You can listen to all of our podcasts, and you can leave a comment or a question. Tell us what concerns you in the, wor- in the wonderful world of culinary. We will look at topics on the business side, food-related issues, the serious, the humorous, and even the not-so-pretty aspects of this industry we love. Until next time, this is Don Williamson. And this is Elaine Ortizoni. And you've been On the Front Burner. Have a great day.